Welcome to another episode of Chan with a Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actionable steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. So in the month of March, I've really focused my episodes on the job search from end to end. From the first couple of weeks of episodes in March, talking about how recruiters look at LinkedIn profiles and resumes to help you get in the door, talking about innovative job search strategies to help take your job search to the next level and get that job search success you're looking for, to overcoming procrastination as a new employee in order to be productive and stand out. And now we are going to go into the last chapter of a job search end-to-end is you got the job, you're being productive, you're standing out, you're getting good performance reviews. Now it's time to get that promotion. The issue is that when it comes to getting promotions at companies, we don't really know what the blueprint is to get to that level. We think that if we dive headfirst, do good work, we will eventually get noticed is the way to get promoted. That's not the case from what I've experienced when speaking to professionals that are currently struggling when it comes to career advancement at their current company. But I'm going to help you with this as I have invited Mary Jervich, a coach that helps people develop a plan that will guarantee that they'll get promoted. So if you are currently struggling in advancing your career, this episode is definitely a worthwhile listen. So a little bit about Mary before we get into our episode today. She is an award-winning holistic career coach and author and is breaking barriers when it comes to helping people achieve career advancement. Before developing her signature My Promotion Plan system, she followed traditional career advice that only left her with more self-doubt, frustration, and work with no end in sight. Through promotion planning, she scaled her career into the C-suite and was named partner, giving her the income, impact, and joy that she always dreamed of. Now let's get into my discussion with Mary on how to craft your promotion plan to get that promotion. Hey Mary, welcome to the show. Hey Max, thanks for having me. So happy to be here with you. Yeah, great to have you on as well. And it's the start of the new year, or we're in the middle of February, which is still the start. In my world, a lot of people are looking to uh, advance their career, uh, whether it's going to another job opportunity or trying to get promoted. The one thing that a lot of professionals have reached out to me on is that they feel stuck where they are in their company, and they don't know how to get to the next level at their current company, so they're just going to look elsewhere. That's something that a lot of professionals struggle with, especially young professionals, is they don't know how to actually get promoted. And traditional advice is work hard, get noticed by decision makers. But I think that there's more to that, right? Uh, so tell us your experience in terms of like, because you said that in your, when we talked offline, like you struggled in terms of getting to the next level by following traditional career advice. Why don't you elaborate more with us on that? Yeah, and you're, you're so right, Max. And I just first wanted to say, if you're if you're listening to this and you feel like, man, I feel stuck, I feel like I'm struggling, I'm frustrated, uh, first of all, you're not alone and there is a better way. So we're going to talk about that today. But here, here's what we find. The traditional career advice really just tells us to work hard and wait to be noticed. That means we get on strategic projects, we try to find mentors. And the the problem is, is it's just not created equal for, for everybody. And that advice has been passed down because it's worked for people. But the problem is, is it only works for a certain category of people really, really well. 
um, which is not the majority of the population, which is why we see 70% of women specifically that would rather um, leave their job than go and ask their boss for a raise or promotion. But if you love your company, you should remain there. And so we'll talk about that today. But for me specifically, I was stuck in my career years ago. Um, I actually switched career fields. And so I'd started as a front office assistant and it took me a while to kind of work my way up. And I was now a service operations manager. Um, when I went in to ask my boss for the executive position that had opened up, it was my dream position. And when I asked him, he said, well, you're going to have to do the job before you get the pay and the title. And I had already been named team member of the year the year before. I had the largest and most successful coaching load. I was on strategic projects. I was being mentored by the founder. So it's like, what more of the traditional advice could I really use? So I went to work trying to lead the team and it really was failing on all accounts. Um, and that's when I found myself at work one day, you know, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to like, what, how am I going to do this? And my husband calls me and he says, Mary, I think I'm going to be out of my job. My company's going in a different direction. And so my husband, the breadwinner's losing his job. I can't earn a promotion. And we just had our fourth child. And that's when God spoke to me. And he just said, Mary, make a plan. And so I told my husband, everything was going to be okay. God gave me this idea to make a plan. And I went on over the next few weeks to make a plan because I could see where the company, where, where we were having challenges. I had a vision for the company. I just had a hard time verbally communicating that. And that's where a lot of people actually struggle is in verbally communicating their ideas. First, we have to believe ourselves enough, but then we have to communicate these ideas. And this happens for many reasons, but ideas aren't thus actually transferred verbally. But through this process that I created, I went on to become vice president of operations the day after turning in my plan. A year later, in another plan later, I was made chief operating officer. And then the plans worked so well for implementing, I turned another one in. And that's when I became a partner and told I was on track to be CEO in one to two years. And so then I started teaching others this promotion planning process, and they were able to get unstuck. People that were unpromotable before were now earning promotions and raises larger than they ever had before. Yeah, that's a that's a good point because it goes back to the traditional advice, like work hard, get noticed, maybe find the right decision makers and be friend with them. But a lot of them don't actually have a proper plan. So why don't you walk us through the planning process on like how the plan made you unstuck in your career and then elevated you to a new heights that you've never seen before? Yeah, so so typically what's happens, like you said, Max, we're either waiting to be noticed or if we do get the courage to go and ask our boss for the promotion or raise that we want we walk in and it looks like this. It's like this empty hand thing. Like, yes, we've had accomplishments, but what I find is we typically ask in the wrong way. So I've actually discovered there's about 10 ways that we, we do career advancement wrong, but we ask in the wrong ways. We don't actually communicate our true value. And that's at the heart of where this comes from because we typically don't know what our value is. We, we have a tendency to place our value on what we've earned in the past. And that doesn't actually... Um, equate to what our future value is. So we leave a lot of money on the table for one, but secondly, we don't position ourselves very well when we go in. And that's how the plan is different. So in the plan, uh, there's seven steps to the plan. Three parts I'll talk about here. One part is your accomplishment section. So you actually need to own your accomplishments. And we have a tendency to think, oh, my manager knows, my leader knows, but they don't know. I was a highly involved manager, executive, I, I, I didn't even have a super large team. I was leading about six people 
but I couldn't possibly know everything they were doing each and every day and everything they had implemented to make our company better. And so it's important for us to share what we've accomplished as well as that we have to understand, like typically people can only remember the last 30 days. And so if you're going into your boss's office and you had a win two months ago, they're not going to remember that win. That win is still relevant towards you being deserving this, this raise or promotion, but they're likely not to remember that win. And they're probably not going to remember it at the same level you are. So when you can write down your accomplishments and if you have tangible results that you can show with that, maybe you reduce turnover, maybe you increase sales, maybe you got more leads in, whatever it is for your specific area is what's important. But show that in a results space so people can see like, oh, they have had these accomplishments. And then the second thing is what I call the heart of the plan. And this is where you list the ideas and, and solving problems for your company. So that's the easiest way to do it. We all have ideas that we know will make our company better. But as I said earlier, getting those ideas approved is really challenging. And it's challenging for most people, unless you're at the higher ranks of the organization. It's one of these unconscious biases that exist that hold people back that are at the lower rungs. So people at the lower rungs, they may have the best ideas, but we give that what's called the halo effect. So if people are in the upper ranks, their ideas are going to be seen as more valuable, whether they are or they aren't. And so you have to do a little bit more when you were like me, <laughs> I'm just a service operations manager. I'm not an executive yet. And so what you do is you look around, you say, okay, what what ideas do I have for the company? And then the other thing you can do if you're like, well, I don't really know. So first I'd say, trust yourself. But secondly, what you can do is you can look around and you can say, okay, what problems are we experiencing? Because problems, those are the ideas that your company really needs. And that's why this works so well, even if we're in a time like we are today, where business seems uncertain, because more than ever, companies need people coming alongside of them, being partners and offering real solutions to problems. And so in this section, you not only list what your idea or the problem is, but you list why it's needed. So why do we specifically need this thing in the organization? Because this is what oftentimes doesn't get communicated, or if it does, it comes across as if you're complaining, right? And that's not what we're doing. We're not being critical. We're not complaining. So what I tell people to do is like, take your emotion out of why, right? Don't say we need a new whatever front door because this one's ugly and I hate it. No, we need it because we want to have a great customer experience when people first walk in and their first impression isn't very good right now. And then the third kind of section of this idea part is to list the solutions. So you don't have to know every step of how to solve everything, but what managers want to see is that you've thought into it and this will actually energize them. And they'll actually, when you go over this in your, your career advancement meeting, they will actually give their ideas too. And so the third part of the plan I would talk about is your personal development plan. We all know that leaders are learners. And in order for us to continue to advance in the company, we do want to continue to develop ourselves. And so putting together a personal development plan is a great way to align your leaders with your desires to advance in the areas that you need to grow in. And what I found is I was actually able to get funding for the areas that I wanted to grow in, where in the past I couldn't. 
But here in one felt swoop, we're getting like all kinds of things approved to be able to help us grow. And so what I suggest people do is pick between two to four areas that are really, that you can really dig into and then look into those areas. How can you best develop in those areas? Uh, but you want to not try to take on too much development at one time, or it just becomes overwhelming. So how does one identify problems in the company that you believe you can help solve? Yeah. And so the great thing about this is when you are looking for problems to solve, they don't even have to necessarily be in your department. Now, the size of your company makes a little bit of a difference, whether you know something exists or you don't. But let's just say you do like customer onboarding, right? But what is happening is when people are, when new customers are coming to you, they are having unrealistic expectations. Well, that starts in the sales process. So that, that would just be a problem I would identify. Okay, people are coming to me and they're upset. <laughs> so anytime there's like a break in the system, that, that's definitely a problem when it comes to customer service. So if there's a part of your system where people are dropping out frequently, that's a break. Or if there's a problem where people get frustrated or a problem where people say, hey, I'm not going to return. Those are, those are problems that you can identify. And then you can just go back and say, okay, well, we need to, maybe we need to have a meeting together with this other department. Maybe they need to go through our, on, our onboarding so they know specifically what we do so they can have a better expectation. And it's just thinking into those things that your manager isn't likely to be thinking about because they, they don't even know the problem exists or they're not going to know how to solve it as, as good as you do. So one of the things that you mentioned in terms of like professional development is that you have to get out of your comfort zone and do work that you're not assigned, right? So how does one balance doing their current work while also doing proactive work, such as problem solving and providing solutions so they don't feel uh, overwhelmed? So how do you achieve that balance that you're still doing your work with what you're assigned, but you're also being proactive, finding problems to solve without being burnt out? Yeah, absolutely. So I only suggest that you do one of these plans a year. That's that's really all that you need to do. Because once you put this plan together, you can ask for the promotion that you want. You know, there's other steps to it that we can talk about if, you, if you'd like to. But so you're only having to do one of these a year. And what's really great is once you have this plan done, what I suggest you do is go and you have a, a meeting with your manager or managers, whoever really are the decision makers, you sit down and you review this with them. And and in that meeting, what you're doing is you're going over your ideas and problems to solve section so you can get their insight on, hey, what's really important? What's a high priority that we want to solve? Maybe, hey, what do we not want to even do right now? Because you do want to get the approval. You don't want to just, I mean, not that you can't just go and make changes in your organization. Some companies are more open to that than others. But, you know, if you could get the approval, now you could get the whole team on board. And it's not just you that has to do the implementation. It's now a team of people because now you have the company, you have your managers, you have the owners, you have people around you supporting your ideas and your efforts to move forward. So you have the resources that you need. And so one thing I always like to do, though, is make sure that you are not the only person that can do your job. If you want to advance in your company, then be training others how to do your job. I almost say work yourself out of a job. A lot of people think, well, I don't want to train people how to do my job because then, then they'll let me go. And I think it's the exact opposite. If you're the only one that could do your job, there's a problem because there's not a training system in place. And that actually puts the company at a really big risk. So that's one thing you can do is train people so you can actually offload things off of your plate so you can take on more meaningful work. 
But the other thing is, is that you don't have to do everything at once. So when I make a plan, I would put between 15 and 30 ideas in there. And this is my plan for the whole year. But what it did is it saved me so much time, Max, because typically what, what you have an idea, well, you either just go into your boss's office and have a meeting and talk about it, but they probably don't approve it the first time. So then you're talking about it again and you're talking about it again. And now you're thinking about it and you're having all of this mental work around it that just takes up a lot of your time. But when you put it in this format, in one meeting, you're getting all these ideas approved. So now it's really simple because now you don't have to go in and spend all these time in meetings. Now you just need to say, this is my highest priority. Let me work through this thing. Go back to what you said about working yourself out of a job. Like That is the point because if you are the only person that can do the job, you might think that you are being valued to the company, but then you're pigeonholing yourself because you can't move anywhere because they need you in that position. Yeah, and that's something that we find happens is that there's not training systems in place. So whether it's it's allowing somebody else to take on part of your job or just even having systems outlined and that's you don't you don't want to be pigeonholed. And the other thing that we see that happens with this max is like somebody will be in a position, they're really good. They're really good at getting things done so that a bunch of other things kind of get stacked on top of them. And now it's like they can't get out from under the stack because they're now responsible for all of these random things within the organization. And that's where your manager is probably not going to come in. Like if you're not saying, hey, I'm not happy with this. Hey, I want something different. Hey, I, I you know, then, then they're probably not going to do anything because how are they going to replace you? They're going to need to hire three people. And so they're not going to want to do that. But you are so valuable. And that's what you have to remember is you are valuable, especially if you're that person that they come to often, that they're not going to want you to leave the organization either. So if you go to them and say, hey, I'm ready for something higher level, here's, and this is what I also say, have a training plan. That can be part of it. If you're moving on to a new position, put in a training plan for how your replacement will be trained. Who will you train? How will you train them? How long will that take? Just develop that if it's not not already in place. All right. So you've taken some time to develop your plan. When is a, a good time to present it to your manager? Because another common thing that people tend to do is that they wait till the mid-year review or year-end review to talk about promotions or raises. But from what I've read, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that at that point, it's actually too late to talk about it. You should be talking about it like months in advance. When is a good time to uh, talk to your manager about your promotion succession plan? For the, for the plan itself, you want to turn it in. I say Dr. Robert Cialdini teaches us. Um, he's wrote several books on persuasion and influence. And what he teaches is that the beginning of a time period is when people are most open to change. The first Monday in January is the absolute best day to turn your plan in, right? It's the beginning of a year. It's the beginning of the month. It's the beginning of the week. So absolute best day. But I never turned mine in in January. Mine were in June and July, those types of time frames. But I always say turn it in on a Monday and then you'll you'll review it. So already have a meeting on the schedule with your manager for the Tuesday after. And if you can, bring two people into that. I would always bring my direct manager and then the manager above them into the meeting, that just gave it like an extra level of support and like another person to be like, wow, this is great. So you just want to have a professionally printed copy that you give to each of them the day before. And they don't need to review everything in it because the key is, is you want to go over that ideas and problems section. 
but most people are so excited when they get them. I know my boss was, he was like, this is so impressive. When are we talking about this? And I'm like, tomorrow we're talking about it, right? But when I turned my first one in, I didn't know what was going to happen, but that's what we see time and time again. And it actually became the standard in our organization to do the promotion planning process, to put this plan together in order to advance through a promotion or through a race. And so I just say, uh, Monday is really great to turn it in review it on Tuesday. Other things to consider, if you had a recent win, great. If your company is, it's not that your company has to be doing well financially. You know, we're going to go through ebbs and flows in the company. That doesn't mean that you can't advance in your career. You do want to have some awareness around that, but that doesn't, I would not say don't do that. I, I know people, and I have, even in downturns, been able to earn promotions and raises through this process. And so, Continue to put yourself out there. But if the company has a big win or you have a big win, that's a great time as well. The only time I would say like, hey, don't turn it in is if you are like, maybe you're planning for your your biggest yearly event and you know your manager has like all this extra work. Just Just wait till that event is over by like a week or two because right now all their mental energy and focus is going towards that. But outside of that, any time is good. And the last thing I'll say is once you turn your first one in, don't make career advancement meetings one time a year. I would sit down with my manager very frequently, like every month at minimum, just to say, hey, how are things going? Is there anything that you'd like me to be doing differently? Like just sit down and have a conversation with them. It's not about advancing, but it's about continuing to check in. So if something's not on track, they have that opportunity to give you that feedback before you get to that next year when they're like, hey, I really am not happy about this thing. Because that's one thing we find with managers is they don't always want to give that feedback very timely. So let's say you create the plan. Do you just email your manager and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking to uh, change things up and grow my career. I have developed this plan. Do you have time to sit down with me tomorrow to look over it? Is that the right approach? When you've never done, let's say you've been uh, with this manager for a few years and then you randomly bring this up. Is, is there there's some awkwardness or like, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so most people are awkward whenever it comes to asking for a promotion or raise. Being on the other side of the table, that's kind of the my unique thing. I've been on every side of the table. I've coached over 500 small and mid-sized businesses. I've worked with over 30 corporate brands. I've led my own teams in the executive ranks and as a manager, and I've been the team member. So I've been on all sides of the table. And so if you're feeling uncomfortable or uncertain, that's really normal. We do that whenever we're approaching things that we're just not used to. It's not very often. It's just like going for an interview. Most people are nervous, even if they're very well qualified. It's just part of it because you're not doing it all the time. And so what you want to do is just tell them you want to have a, a personal development meeting. You don't need to call it a career advancement meeting or anything like that. Just say you want to have a personal development meeting. Have it on the schedule. I try to get it on the schedule at least a few weeks in advance. And if they approach you to say, hey, I have a few things I want to run by you. Um, I've got some, I've got some ideas and, they're, and then what they're probably going to say is like, oh, well, we can, we can meet like tomorrow and you just need to be like, no, <laughs> in a couple weeks, I want to put some stuff together for you. And that, I mean, putting it on the calendar in advance is really kind of cool because now they know like, hey, they put this on the calendar four weeks ago, six weeks ago, like they've been working on this thing. And so they know that you've invested in it. And then professionally, like that's one of the most the things I drive home is like, when you turn this thing in, it's not that 
every bit of grammar has to be correct unless your boss is a stickler for that, but you want it to be professional. So print it in color, put a cover page on it, make sure the formatting is really easy to, to, to read and go through. We talk about developing themes around them. It could be just a real general theme, but the idea is to like give a cohesive package. This is something you are going to put time, energy, and effort into, and it will pay for you to do this. So then you turn that in, you they'll, they'll likely say, wow, this is so impressive. That's the most common response we get. This is so impressive. We have to do something for this person. And then that next day, you'll sit down to meet with them. When you go in to meet with them, your confidence is key. People can't be confident in you if you're not confident in yourself. So this is one of those times where I'd say fake it till you make it because you've got to be confident in yourself. So smiling, happy, high energy, our energy reflects off of each other, but you're confident and then you go into it. Don't let yourself get sidetracked. Don't let another topic come into this meeting. This is your meeting. You run the meeting. And the first thing you do is you just thank them for being there. Thank them for the value that they've added to you, for the opportunity to be able to talk today. If it's okay with them, let them know you will be running the meeting today. And then you start to go into your ideas and your problems to solve and let them know, hey, I really want to get your input on these ideas. I've had some ideas and they're going to probably be like, yeah, I was really interested and they're going to be like really excited. And we know this. If you have watched the hit TV show Undercover Boss, you see bosses, doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter what kind of style they are, all of them, all of them alike, when great ideas are presented, when they see great ideas in their store, what do they always do? They bring the person back to headquarters and they pay them to implement them across the board. So this is like your opportunity to go undercover. And so you talk about the problem idea section, then you talk about your personal development and finally, you leave time to talk about your closing, which is your compensation or your promotion ask. And you can you want, you can write that in your plan. One of the steps is what we call our closing. And in that closing, you can either write like, hey, I'd like to be considered for X position. It doesn't even have to be open currently. That's one of the amazing things. It doesn't even have to be a position that exists in your company. You can create new positions. It's awesome. And then you could say, hey, you want you could list a specific salary number or you can just say that you want to talk about your compensation and you list that in there. And then before your meeting ends, you make sure that you talk about that in the meeting. So you could say, if I get this done in X amount of time, I would like to be considered for this promotion or this raise. Right. So this is the work I want to do. And this is the result I'm expecting. Is, is that how you want to position it? I say ask for the promotion now. Not to say, hey, if I implement this stuff, I'll do this. Because here's the thing we know. When somebody typically gets a promotion or goes in for a raise or a promotion, they're going in like this. They're not even showing what their strategic vision is for the future. You have already given them your strategic vision, so they should be able to see that you can accomplish it. Now, it depends. Every, every boss is a little bit different. Some people are going to be like, okay, go ahead and do it. And if they say that, do it, right? They may not give you the position in the pay. 83% of people that complete the plans get the promotion or the compensation increase on the spot. And the other 17% are those that are working 
towards them. And that's where I say, if you, if they say, Hey, let's go ahead and have you implement this stuff and then we'll move you into the position. Okay, great. I'll be happy to get started with it. I think we identified today that these are the three things that, that are most important. I will plan to get these done. If it's all right with you, I'd like to go ahead and put a meeting on the calendar for 90 days from now. So we can talk about this and follow up on it. Sound great. And you get that meeting scheduled that day. That way, you know, specifically when you're following up about this and it's not like, well, don't ever want to be waiting for your manager to come back to you. What I found is like when, when we're waiting, when our manager's like, Hey, I'll give you a raise in six months. Now, sometimes they're just not being very nice, but most often they just forgot. So you want to be on top of it and have things scheduled in advance. We've seen people get raises on the spot and then have another review for a raise another 90 days later, like because the company wasn't doing everything that they wanted it to. So they said, hey, let's give you this amount now. And then in 90 days, we're going to review it again. And so they got a double raise. Well, that's awesome. So you're saying that this means that you can actually get the raise and promotion on the spot. Yes, that is that is the point of this. You are going in there, you are saying, hey, I want this position, or I want this raise. Here's what I've done in the past. Here's what I want to do for the future. Here's how I'm going to continue to grow. And this is what I'm looking for. Most managers just want to know what you're looking for. And then once they can see that strategic vision and, and Max, I know we didn't go into it a lot today, but I, I work a lot with women specifically. And part of what holds women back are unconscious biases, but this is also true for minorities or people with disabilities and things such as that, because there's unconscious bias, which means that we're making conscious decisions without even realizing it, right? We're not making conscious decisions. We are making decisions based off of some prehistoric event. And so this can help, this gets us just like put into buckets. And so we, we know like moms, even when women just get engaged, they don't even have to be married yet. When that happens, they're less approached for advancement because there's just this underlying assumption that they want to start their family and they want to focus on their family. And so the other assumption we have or the other bias we have, and there's over 50 of them that affect people in the workplace, but performance bias is one of them and attribution bias is another. And so by putting the plan together, you are overcoming the biases, which is why your, your boss probably wasn't approaching you for advancement before just because of these unconscious things that they weren't aware of. But now they see like what a rock star you are and how capable you are. And they're really excited about these ideas. And they actually have a little bit of FOMO, right? Because they're like, if we don't put this person in this position, we're not going to get all these ideas and all of this stuff done. And right now you just created a huge need. There's a huge gap between where we are and where we want to be. That's actually unfortunate. And it's good you brought it up. Where like if someone is recently married, the management might say, okay, sh she's probably going to have a family within the next couple of years. I don't think this is a good person to promote for advancement because they might be on maternity leave for X amount of months and then we need to replace someone else. So like you said, like, how, it's about being like proactive and showing the ideas that are continuing to flow even when you have life-changing uh, personal events. Yeah. Cheryl Stanberg did a great job with her book, Lean In, it, especially for women. Reading that book, it really helped me to understand where I was holding myself 
back in my career because I was having these, I'll just call them distorted beliefs or wrong thinking. I had wrong thinking. There was a point when I didn't believe I was capable of being an executive, actually. It was just a few months before the position even came open. My husband and I would have conversations all the time. I'd tell him how incapable I was. He'd be telling me how capable I was. But we have this tendency to just look at like a small mistake we've made in the past, one skill that we don't have. And so a lot of times we're holding ourselves back because we really want somebody else to notice us for the advancement. But the problem is, is the way the system is, it's not set up as like this equal playing field like we talked about at the beginning. So if you're waiting for someone to notice you to say like, hey, you're ready for the position. I'm saying, hey, you're ready for the position because your boss isn't likely to, not because they're a jerk or they're consciously thinking, even like you said with the person who just got married, a lot of times people aren't thinking, well, they're, they're not consciously thinking that. They're just not approaching that person and saying, hey, there's a position open. You'd be great for it. You should put in for it. They just go to the next person and, and, and maybe they do consciously think it sometimes. Sometimes it's conscious. Sometimes it's not. But the fact is, is it, it, it doesn't allow us to move forward. And so that's where, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, whoever you are, you always just want to be putting yourselves out there and saying, this is what I want for my career, because that's what we find. The people that that ask most often are the ones that end up getting the positions, but you have to ask in the right way. And the promotion planning process, I believe, is the number one best way to ask in advance in your career. That's a common thing you brought up, because from what I've read, people who tend to get promoted the most are the ones that actually ask and ask repeatedly compared to like doing good work and hoping the manager notices them, right? Because the manager doesn't know what you want. Like Some people are happy with where they are, they like their job. They like the balance that they have. They don't think that they want it. So it's about like really putting yourself out there and asking for things you want, because if you don't ask, you don't get right. Yeah, exactly. And then it's asking in the right ways. You really have to tie your value back to your value. You never like one thing we see that happens, Max, is people will say like, well, hey, my, my rent went up, so I need I need more money. Or I have this expense now and they'll go into their boss's office and they'll be like, hey, I need a raise. I've got this new expense. Well, that's not your boss's problem. So if you go in that way, it, it's not going to work out very well because that, that just is like what, the next time you have an expense, you're just going to go back in. Like your boss isn't your parent. You don't, you don't go to them like that, but you go to them with value and it changes everything. But you have to know your value and you have to be willing to own your accomplishments. So you can't implement these changes by yourself. Even if you have the man, your uh, direct manager and then the one level up with vote of confidence, you still need to work cross-functionally to make these things happen. So how do you get buy-in from other groups in the organization to implement your ideas? And uh, there might be some like political uh, stuff behind it, right? So like, why is this person like now, like I've seen this person for a few years, why they're rambling, like going into my portfolio to try to improve stuff, right? So how, how do you balance getting buy-in from the multiple teams that is necessary to make your implementations a reality? Yeah, everybody has a different personality. So some people you're going to naturally just have a better relationship with, and it's just going to be easier because people are going to want to help you win. But if not, then I'd say go in with a vision approach and allow people to make your ideas better. Just because you identified the idea or the problem it doesn't mean that your solution has to be the one that goes into place. As a leader in your organization, and that's what you are now, you are now going to be seen as a leader, you're going to be seen as a team leader, you're, you are you are going to be, people will start to come to you and ask you for your opinion and your ideas because you've now shown them the strategic vision. And because of this, you want to make sure that you allow other people to buy in. 
And so you want to cast a vision and get other people's input, right? So if other people are willing to solve an idea, maybe there's a team of 10 people and, and you want to implement or you want to fix something, if you're already working you know, side by side with these people, they likely already know the problems. You guys have probably came up with these solutions together. But if you haven't, get their ideas, do a brainstorming session, talk about how we could move things forward. The more you can get the buy-in, the better off it is and show them how it's going to be a benefit for them. When other people know like, hey, if we implement this, you're not going to have to work in the evenings doing sales text anymore during your dinner time. Or if we implement this, our culture is going to be better. It's going to be a nicer place to walk into. Or if we implement this, it's going to, you know, save you two hours of time. And there's always resistance to change. That's going to be something that happens. Different people handle it differently. But if you need to remain confident and positive, and just open to letting other people help you succeed. This is not about you doing it all on your own. It's about you rising in the organization as a leader and having influence with others. As we mentioned before, or the saying goes, first impressions matter. So if you've been in a position for three to four years now, can you still make this promotional plan work, even though there's already that perception of who you are uh, on the team? Yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of these things. They work for anybody at any level, no matter how long you've been stuck. A lot of times, like we said, that people don't know that you want to move into a different position. They, they just are like, like if you're doing a great job, it, it's just so much easier just to let you do a great job sometimes, especially if there's other people knocking on their door, like saying they want to move up. And so when you've never done a position, it's hard for people to necessarily see you in that position. And as we said earlier, that's more so for minorities and women. It just is with unconscious bias. So if you fall into those groups, you definitely want to do something to show your strategic vision. When you do this, they're going to see you in a whole new light. And that's why we've seen people that couldn't get promoted in the past that put the plans together and then advance on the spot and continue to advance and continue to grow. And it's just incredible to see. So to, to wrap up our conversation, Mary, you were stuck in your career. So what was the turning point? What was the moment where you finally said to yourself, okay, this career advice that I've been taught is not working. I need to do X, Y, Z, which is create that promotion plan. So how did you go from saying that, okay, this is no longer working. Let me try something else. And how did you develop that plan? So what was the turning point and the progress to make that plan? And how did you know it was going to work at the end of it? I was a successful manager in the restaurant industry before moving into the industry I was in coaching doctors and wellness. So I was successful before, but in this new organization, I was actually the one that was putting the ads out to hire the managers. They would come to me and say, hey, we need to hire a manager here, put the ad out. And I would, <laughs> it never occurred to me that I would say like, hey, I can be your manager. And so, I had all the capabilities. I had done it successfully. I had run teams of 60 people. You know, I'd worked with over 30 corporate brands by this point, but I wasn't saying like, hey, I can do this. And they had never seen me in that role. And so I'd say do it before you're ready is one thing, but you have to believe in yourself. That's the first thing that had to change for me. Until I believed, I actually was at a leadership meeting. I stood up and I said, I'm going to be the next COO of this organization. And I told that to the then COO. That's what really changed for me because if we're not believing in ourselves, other people aren't going to usually believe it for us. 
And so we have to believe it for ourselves because when that position opened up, and I thought I had at least 10 years, it opened up three months later, I knew I had to go in and ask for that position. And I knew the traditional advice wasn't working because I was sitting there, right? And I'm like, team member of the year, like how, like they're like, do the job, right? I can't do my job any better because I was already at the top. Like, of course I can do better, but I, I was already working so hard. I was already, and it's exhausting. And that's when I knew like, hey, this, this doesn't work. I have to do something different. And, you know, it was through putting the process together. And then even after I, when I started this business, the business I have today to help women advance, it's through all of the studies that I've done that I've realized like, wow, the traditional career advancement information, it's not working. And we know it's not working. At least it doesn't work equally for all people because you see the parity gaps when women are paid 18% less than men, when women only fill one fifth of the executive ranks, when we've only had what 18 African-American fortune 500 CEOs, it's not working. It only works for a select group of people. And that what, that, that's what I just knew. We have to do something different because if all this traditional advice was working, we wouldn't have the problems we have today. A hundred percent. And I want to end this conversation in terms of like, what is one takeaway or one piece of advice you want to give to my listeners in terms of growing their career if they do feel stuck where they are right now? Don't wait to be ready. We wait to be perfectly ready. We want to have, we want to know that we're going to be completely capable. We fear failure. We fear rejection. We fear these things, but I just want you to bet on yourself and believe in yourself. You are completely capable. You can do this. Most people that put themselves out there for advancement, they are not 100% ready. There are many things they don't know, but you will figure it out as you go. So I just want to encourage you to really dream, allow yourselves to think and dream big, and then take those actions. And that's a great way to end off. And again, I appreciate you taking the time, Mary, to talk about your promotion strategy to help people get unstuck and take their career to the next level. So how can people contact you to know more about what you do and how you can help them in their career? So you guys can reach out to me on social or you can head on over to my website. It's maryjerbeach.com and you could, or you could use coach Mary G coach Mary It's a little bit easier. And from there, you can take a look at my masterclass, which outlines the program even more in depth. And you can also pick up a copy of my upcoming book, God's Not Done With You, How to Advance Your Career and Live in Abundance. We outline the entire promotion planning system in the book. So I wanted to really help people make this available for everybody. And so it's all here. Thanks again, Mary. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you again to Mary for sharing her promotion plan system. If you are currently a professional that's struggling for career advancement, definitely listen to this episode multiple times if you truly want to get to the next level of your career this year. And if you want some additional advice from me, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I provide content on helping you get your career to the next level, whether it's through job search tips or career advice. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. And as always, if you're looking to hear my own personal insights based on this episode, then make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, this is Chan with a plan of the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening. <laughs>